0: Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at com.
1: This is episode 103, and we're speaking with Chris Christensen from The Amateur Traveler about Oaxaca in Mexico.
0: Yeah, Oaxaca, it doesn't actually, isn't actually spelled anything like it sounds, but you'll hear about that in the interview.
1: Yeah, you sure will. Well, this episode's sponsored by WorldNomads.com. World Nomads provides great value global travel insurance. You can buy, extend, and even claim online. Even if you're already traveling. And that's what really sells it for me. Yeah,
0: that's why we use it. All policyholders also get free travel blogs, safety advice, and language guides for your iPod. com. Keep traveling safely.
1: And in the time of swine flu, you really want to be traveling safely. And healthily. Yeah. I don't smell like bacon yet, so I reckon I'm safe.
0: <laughs> no.
1: no <yeah>. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> Freak. <laughs> Well, before we get into Chris's interview, um, what have we been up to over the last week?
0: Oh, it's really cool. We've got a spaceship, which is basically a people mover converted into a van. And uh, we picked that up in Christchurch and started basically touring around the South Island of New Zealand, which is a very, very amazingly beautiful part of the world.
1: Yeah, we went down from uh, Christchurch to Dunedin, where we stayed at Elm Lodge with a couple of friends of ours for a while. It's a really... Kind of funky backpackers down there.
0: Yeah, we got to do some cool things. We went to the Spates Brewery and saw some albatrosses yeah. and some penguins. Yeah,
1: the yellow eyed penguin, the really big one. So yeah, that, that was, was cool. cool.
0: And uh, then we kept driving, went down to the Catlands where we slept in our spaceship for the first time. It was a little bit cold, but yeah, very pleasant. But
1: Wasn't it? We, we were parked on a beach with, uh, you know, forest stretching out behind us. That was worth a little it bit was of cold. Gorgeous. <laughs>
0: And then the next day we drove down, we saw some sea lions. Actually, we got chased by sea lions. It was very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Just the one sea lion. And then we continued on down through the cargo back here to Queenstown.
1: Yeah, so we're staying in Queenstown with um, Dan and Hayley from Zebedee.com. Spell that one. Go on. Um,
0: X-E-B-I-D-Y.
1: that sounds good. Yeah, com and TravelGeneration.com is their, their newest site that they're working on at the moment. Do I have to spell that too? No, it's just TravelGeneration.com. Okay. So, um, yeah, we met them all on Twitter. So, Twitter's cool. Yeah, we're really we're enjoying Twitter at the moment. We're liking Twitter. If you're on Twitter, come find us. It's um, Craig underscore Martin and...
0: Linda J. Martin.
1: So, there you go. Now you know Linda's middle initial. Yeah. Well, we better get on with this interview and... Um, Yeah, let's go.
0: So I'm talking to Chris Christensen, the Amateur Traveler. And Chris, I guess many of our listeners also listen to your show. But for those who haven't, can you give us a short introduction to yourself?
2: Sure. I do a show, a podcast called The Amateur Traveler, both an audio podcast as well as a video podcast, the audio podcast weekly, and it focuses on different travel destinations. In fact, I think you've been on the show twice, as I recall, talking about both Malta and New Zealand.
0: That's right, yeah.
2: And many of the different episodes, probably the vast majority of them are in fact interviews, whether it be someplace i 've been or not i 'm bringing on somebody who knows more about it than I do, so it 's great fun for me since i don 't get to travel quite as much as you do so
0: <laughs> well, this week we 're going to copy your uh, kind of format and we 're interviewing you obviously and uh, <laughs> which is quite cool it 's great to nick your ideas and uh, we want to talk to you about Mexico, especially Oaxaca sure I think is it, I think that's how you say it in fact I have no Oaxaca
2: Oaxaca. <laughs> It's and appealing. it's spelled just like it sounds, O-A-X-A-C-A.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I've got it written down as uh, phonetics because I, I actually had no idea how to say it. So, oh, um, yeah. So that's that's in Mexico. And, of course, there's this whole media circus at the moment with scaremongering about the swine flu. So how much has that affected, you, affected your idea of Mexico at the moment?
2: Um, I would actually personally go to Mexico right now. I wouldn't be that worried about it. I might... Well, I've already just been to Mexico City on the same trip that I went to Oaxaca here in February – But I don't know that I would be particularly concerned about it. The other thing that we're getting a lot of press about here in the U.S. is some crime, especially at the border. I would probably skip some of the border towns right now. I mean, I'll probably go back to Tijuana in September on a volunteer trip. But the town just south of uh, Texas there, just south of El Paso, or as I would avoid right now. But other than that, I wouldn't be that concerned. Now, on the other hand, we were going to go to – mexico in may to go to the yucatan and my wife was a little more concerned than i was so we are going to hawaii instead because definitely a lot of people are just a little wary right now and that was before the news about the swine flu so their tourism is really hurting the good news is it is a very affordable place to travel right now because a lot of people are not going I wouldn't just go to some place because it's cheaper, but Oaxaca in particular, for instance, is a very interesting town with incredible roots. So I talked, for instance, when I was in Oaxaca to somebody who was uh, Zapotec. So at home, they don't speak Spanish. They speak uh, Zapotec, which is one of the indigenous languages. And their family, because they are of that origin, have probably been in that area for about 2,500 years.
0: 2,500
2: years. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so there's great roots, especially in southern Mexico or often the Yucatan in some of the various indigenous cultures. And that area at Zapotec in the Yucatan Peninsula would be more Mayan. And so there's some great cultural richness both in the food, in the architecture, in some of the the pre-Columbian ruins around the area. So that's why I would recommend it. And then the bonus is that it's inexpensive.
0: Um, being from the United States, would you say most travellers in Mexico are from from the U.S.?
2: Um, there are quite a few European travellers who come to Mexico also, both in Mexico City especially, as well as in some of the tourist areas, and probably the the biggest tourist areas are the Yucatan, like Cancun, and there's a resort just south of Cancun, which is more where the European travelers go. Cancun tends to be more of an American destination. Uh, Oaxaca, and then also the the cities on the west coast. So especially the real touristy, uh, Puerto Vallarta, Acapulco, those sort of places. So there's a number of different tourist areas. Also, Cabo and Baja is probably a very American destination. Mm-hmm. But probably the European tourists or go more towards Mexico City, Oaxaca, and the Yucatan. And then I don't really know much. About, I haven't run into it, quite as many Kiwis or Aussies in Mexico, so I don't know how many go there. But I would assume a fair amount, given how much they love to travel, as we know.
0: <laughs> We're definitely planning on getting to Mexico eventually. What What do you mm-hmm. think? If I mean, as Americans, you probably get quite a lot of um, media talking about Mexico, and you get that idea of... of as a a major, major destination, but we're from New Zealand. We don't get it so, so much in our media. So what, what would we expect? What would, what should we expect from Mexico as a whole in terms of food and people and things like that?
2: Okay. Um, One thing to be aware of is that it does have different regions. Mm -hmm. And so you'd get different food and a little different experience in different places. So Mexico city, for instance, is a very large uh, urban destination, fantastic architecture, really good cultural things, good museums, uh, and that's sort of what you'd expect there. Oaxaca, for instance, where I was just at, is much more a, uh, much, almost more of a family destination. I'd say a lot of the nightlife, for instance, is centered around the Zócalo, which is the central square, and everyone is out, you know, of all ages in the central square for until about. Midnight, I'd say it starts to wind down in the central square, and there was live music every night that I was there. There was either some band that was playing or some group that was singing, or so it's very lively but also a, a very family oriented environment. Okay. Really, not just a, a Cabo kind of you know, Cabo San Lucas or Cancun, for instance, are known for more of the girls gone wild party scene, and that's not what. Oaxaca is, and that's a little bit, you can find that in Mexico City more. Okay. So it's different in different places. And then in terms of food, uh, obviously Mexican food, but for instance, Oaxaca is known for the moles, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with a mole. Nope, not me. The most traditional mole is a sauce that is made with a chocolate or with cocoa. So it's a combination of cocoa and chilies.
0: Oh, wow, that sounds really interesting.
2: So it's a spicy not exactly sweet because it's an unsweetened chocolate sort of sauce that is used traditionally over chicken and rice, something like that. Uh, So it's known for the rich sauces. There are actually seven different types of moles, two of which are made with chocolate, the rojo or the red and the the negro, the black uh, moles. And then there's also green and yellow and all sorts of different flavors. So it's known for its food. It's one of the regions that's known for that. And then Mexican food for us is very different from Mexican food in Mexico, and I don't know what Mexican food is like there in New Zealand, for instance. If you've ever been to a Taco Bell, that has nothing to do with Mexican food. Okay.
0: It's definitely what people think of, burritos and tacos, right? And like that.
2: Well, burritos are. Burritos are very Mexican, but anything, for instance, with a crispy taco shell is not Mexican okay. because a taco is always... When served as a taco, a taco is always a soft taco in Mexico. But there are a number of different things obviously done with taco shells, the the burritos, the tacos, the tostadas, the empanadas, all sorts of different things that you do with that.
0: What about drinks? What's the special food and drink in Oaxaca?
2: Well, you can certainly get a cerveza, a beer in Oaxaca, but Oaxaca is more known for its mezcal. Mescal is something that's made from the agave plant and it's similar to tequila. Okay.
0: And how would you drink it? Just and
2: also known for its coffee, I should say. And its its coffee is often a spiced coffee.
0: What sort of spices do they put in?
2: Uh chilies, everything, chilies and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general, especially in Oaxaca, when I say spiced or when I say flavorful or when I say food, think Chilies. Sure. If you go to the markets, there are just piles and piles of different types of chilies, as well as things like uh, crickets that you can buy and eat. But uh, they're known for their coffee and their chocolate, their mezcal, and then the cerveza, just because you're in Mexico, is always available. The chocolate, the hot chocolate is actually a very traditional drink in this part of Mexico. I mean, this is where it came from. This was a drink for the royalty of the Zapotecs, for instance. And so it's served just a little more bitter, a little more, not not thick like a Madrid hot chocolate, for instance, necessarily, but a little more flavorful than something you're going to get out of Swiss Miss or something like that.
0: Okay. Sounds really nice. I think I'll have to go and try it myself. So what about in Oaxaca? What's the best way to get around?
2: Oaxaca itself is small enough that it's just a very easy city to just do on foot. I would recommend staying someplace really central, centrally located. You're going to want to be in the Zocalo in the evening. And so, for instance, for your crowd, I would really recommend two hostels, which you can find on HostelBookers.com, which is, I recall, your affiliate. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And Casa Don Pablo is one that's very well known, and then Hostel del Mercado is the one that I stayed in. Both of those are very close, both good. I talked to someone who stayed in the other one. neither one if there was a downside, I'd say Dan Pablo doesn't have enough uh, Don Pablo rather doesn't have enough showers and Hostel del mercado you had a little trouble getting a hot shower, but for instance, I was getting a double room. So I was in a room with just two beds and breakfast was included, a very good breakfast. They were putting some effort into the breakfast, not just throwing eggs on the table or something like that. But I was getting fruit and something that was cooked different every day. And I was paying $12 a day.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. What sort of facilities do the hostels have? Is there a kitchen? Is it mostly dorm rooms or is it mostly smaller rooms?
2: Well, the one that I was in, Hostel del Mercado, is a mixture of from singles to dorm rooms. I'm sorry, from doubles to dorm rooms. And so they had at least three or four doubles, and then they did have the larger dorm rooms also. The price not being that different between the two, they had two different common rooms, a kitchen, and also free Internet. So very nice.
0: And what's hosteling like in Mexico? Because we've, we've found it quite interesting going to Europe from New Zealand because the hosteling culture is quite different. Do you need to take your own sleeping bag or is it usually linens provided? No,
2: no, there was linens provided the well, in both of these, and obviously you check out the information that's available in the hostel book group, both the reviews as well as the information. But in the the two hostels I stayed out on this trip in Mexico City and in Oaxaca, both had towels and linens included in the price, for instance. And then, you, as usual, you have your place that you can lock up your valuables and such. You bring your lock, the typical thing. So it's, it wasn't that different from the hostels I stayed in in Europe.
0: Excellent. Oh, well, that's nice to know. So what was your what was your favorite thing that you did in Oaxaca?
2: My favorite thing? I was in the central square in the Zocalo at one point, and I struck up a conversation or had one struck up with me with someone who was from the area. I mentioned someone whose family has probably lived there for 2,500 years. He's a weaver, a fourth-generation weaver. And he started talking to me about he does weaving with the natural uh, Dies and the natural process, the traditional process. I actually just did a couple of videos for Amateur Traveler Video Edition about the trip that I had with him. He became my tour guide for free. I, I bought him a cerveza. He took me around the valley to show me a couple of the spots that are a little further out of town. There's a There are two Zapotec ruins that are well-known, one that you absolutely should see, which is Montalban, which is that where they've leveled off the top of a hill to put a city on and many of the different hills in the area would be covered with cities but they're they're not uncovered but so that was pretty amazing and then he also took me though he, sorry and then I didn't go with that to him and then I didn't go there with him but I went to Mitla which is a little more it's not in as good a shape it was discovered by the spanish and so it's not as well preserved that is actually something i would say you don't have to go to Mm -hmm. but he also took me out to some of the markets in that area they're known for their crafts in that area as well and then took me back to his place and showed me how to do weaving and how to crush insects to make red dye and things like that
0: oh my goodness and did you did you end up crushing insects and making red dye and
2: no i ended up videoing it
0: (laughs) (laughs) probably more functional
2: exactly so
0: if we were to visit, what would be uh, a really good day in o- in Oaxaca? <laughs> I keep imagining the word the word as it's
2: spelt and in... totally wrong. Uh, so- A really good day is going to end in the Zocalo. We're going to be enjoying whatever's going on in the Zocalo. And then before that, probably if it's your first day there, I would check out the cathedral, which is in the center of town, but also more interestingly, the north of the cathedral, there is uh, another church there, which is very gilded. You can see that some of the riches were left actually in the new world. They didn't all go back to uh, Spain. And, Around that area, in between the two, between the Zocalo and the other church, whose name is escaping me for the moment, but I'll look that up, are a number of different craft shops, restaurants, art galleries. So it's a very interesting place to shop, a very interesting place to just walk around and take pictures. And then there's also a museum that is next to the other church in terms of the history of the region. And then do that and then go out to Montaldan. Montalban, I'd say, is the must see spot in the area. This city that is on this leveled off mountain, I said hill before. And it is this get it get a tour guide and learn about the Zapotec people and what they were doing here. They were not a militaristic society, they were traders and traded all up and down the Americas for hundreds of years before their civilization sort of Gave way to some of the other central civilizations like the aztecs
0: wow, sounds fantastic well i 'm sold so i 'm keen to go so how should, how should I get there there international flights straight into oaxaca or should we go through mexico city what 's the best way to get there
2: uh, Much of the flights will go through Mexico City. you can get some you can book directly. I think most of them will go through Mexico city though. Uh, I don't know what they're going to be from New Zealand. From the U.S., they were down when I was traveling to about three hundred dollars round trip, wow. and they've gone down from there recently uh, with the decline in tourism to Mexico. There's really and the decline in tourism in general. There've been some real sales. Normally, they would be about five hundred and fifty from where I am up in the San Francisco Bay Area in California, but they're now probably more like two eighty, two fifty even. Wow, that's not bad. Yeah.
0: Now before and after we go to Oaxaca what should we see around Mexico just as a whole and what? how do you recommend mean, we get around?
2: In, ter- in terms of getting around Mexico obviously it's going to depend a lot on how much time you have so for instance I could have taken the bus from so Mexico City is another obvious place to go mm-hmm. because you're probably going to fly in there anyway and so that's what I did I decided as long as I was flying through Mexico City I might as well stop and see it and see there's a really famous museum there that deals with all of the indigenous culture. There's some parks. There's just wonderful, beautiful architecture of the very classic architecture as well as some modern skyscrapers and such. There is good shopping. There's the cathedral there. There's, again, another incredible ruin right outside of town, which is Teotihuacan, which is the third largest pyramid in the world. And unlike the pyramids in Egypt, which are the numbers one and two, you can climb to the top of this. And it is breathtaking. Wow. Of course, it's 7,000 feet up, so it's really breathtaking. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Literally breathtaking, exactly. And they have two pyramids there, the Pyramid of the Sun and the Pyramid of the Moon. You climb the Pyramid of the Moon, the shorter one, for the view, and you climb the Pyramid of the Sun to say you did it. (laughs) Excellent.
0: And um, you were saying about you could have gone by bus. What what do you think is the best way to, to get to Oaxaca from Mexico City?
2: Yeah, so I talked to people who had more time. I talked to people who were doing this as a longer, maybe four to six-week journey, and they were often getting around by bus. It's about a six-hour bus ride, a little cheaper than a flight in between Mexico City and Oaxaca, and there's good bus service around Mexico. There are different levels of buses. There's the first-class buses, which are plush, and then the second-class buses, which are not. And so the first class buses are more expensive. The terminals are much nicer. The second class bus when I took that back into the city the parking lot isn't even paved. the first class bus station looked like an airport so little different classes so you check out what the check out what the cost difference is between the two there, but there is decent bus service around this uh around Mexico in general, but the distances can be larger depending on where you're going
0: so would you you'd be happy to travel by bus? Is it perfectly safe or some people would wonder if it's safe to travel by buses around you know Central America? what's your thoughts on that?
2: Well perfectly safe no <laughs> is it a i wouldn't be worried about traveling by bus now, what I would be worried about uh, is for instance, in Mexico City, they don 't recommend that you hail a cab okay because there have been a number of people who've been kidnapped. And they take you around and take all your money out of the ATMs, and sometimes uh, they kill you. So they definitely don't recommend that you hail a cab in the street. You can take a cab, but then you, what you do is you have the hostel, for instance, call a radio dispatch cab, or you take the subway. And in the subway, the worst you're going to run into really is the petty crime, the sort of pit pocket stuff that you run into in most major cities, for instance, in Europe. Because it's just always crowded, and so there's a lot of people around. So I wouldn't worry about personal safety, but like any place that is, you know, has that many people, I would wear a money belt or a pouch or something to keep your valuables safe and keep an eye on them. And also, Mexico City subway at rush hour. And Mexico City subway, by the way, is like 35 cents to go any place. Oh my goodness! Really, really cheap, Uh, fast, efficient, moves a lot of people. But rush hour is like rush hour. The pictures you've seen in Tokyo, Uh, you. You have no personal space, you are body-to-body, pressed up against each other, and so many people would be much more comfortable, and there is a women's car, for instance, if you wanted to be pressed up against someone of the same sex, but (laughs) it's still going to be crowded, but it's something that some people just would prefer to avoid that and just travel off hours, obviously.
0: Okay, so transport's fine, but taxis are not the best option. Anywhere in Call Japan?
2: hailing a cab in Mexico City. Okay. I wouldn't worry about as much in Oaxaca. Just it's, Oaxaca is just a little more provincial. It doesn't have the same population that Mexico City does. It doesn't have quite the same crime issues. that Mexico City does have some issues you need to be more aware of. And
0: what is the population of Oaxaca?
2: Oaxaca is over a million for the whole region. It's really funny because it feels much more like a small town. But the population, as I understand it, in the whole area is larger than that.
0: Oh, okay, it's interesting. Well, is there anything I haven't asked you about Oaxaca? What, what 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 else would you like to say about it?
2: It's One of the things that you should be aware of is also one of the places in Mexico where there are a number of places to study Spanish. Oh, okay. And so Oaxaca in this area and then maybe Guatemala are probably two of the places where more people from the U.S., all an extended stay to do Spanish classes. And because it is inexpensive, one of the people that I ran into down there was getting a little bored because he was planning to be in town for a week, and so he just signed up while he was down there for Spanish classes. And you can do that with a homestay or you can do that staying in the hostel just depending on what you're looking for. So that's something to think about as an option if that's something you're interested in. Um, and then just the other thing in terms of cost, one of the things that struck me so I ate one of the dinners at the one of the restaurants in the Zocalo, and you know how it is in major towns when you're at, right at the restaurant, on the big city square. You expect to pay a little more yeah. because you've got the view and the livelihood and such. So I'm ordering off the menu, and I wasn't that hungry. And well, what is there? Well, they've got tamales. Well, that'd be great. It's only let's see, that's only about three fifty US. So it must just be a side dish. That was a full meal. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was a meal you went away from stuffed. So it really is inexpensive right now. I think last I checked, it was about 15 pesos to the dollar. And the, obviously, a peso doesn't buy as much as a dollar does. But it is it is relatively inexpensive. And it used to be when I grew up about 8 to 1. So it is it has declined in recent years. And so the shopping is also something that's very interesting, especially if you're into craft shopping and jewelry and some of those sort of things. It, it was one of those things I, do, I really didn't even want to negotiate when I was out in the markets because here I am buying two or three necklaces and it came out to $5. I was embarrassed when I hesitated. He lowered the price and I was like, no, it's, it's not the price. I'm just trying to figure out if this is really what I wanted yeah. or not. So.
0: Okay. Well, thanks, thanks for coming on the End Travel podcast. podcast. Uh, would you like to tell us more about the Amateur Traveler and maybe do your pitch? <laughs>
2: Well, let's see. The amateur traveler uh, again. If you're interested in trying to figure out where to go next, we do cover all sorts of different travel destinations. We do everything from domestic U.S. locations, like what should you get on your Chicago dog, to going to Tonga and swimming with whales. I think that sort of bounds the range of things that we do, including you know talking to errant Kiwis along the way about uh, going to places like Malta. So,
0: well, excellent. Thanks heaps for that, Chris. Well, we've got some exciting news. We're going to be on the radio.
2: Yeah,
1: the real radio. Yeah. Not this internet radio stuff. Like real old-fashioned... Tune in. Yeah.
0: Fiddle the dial, that kind of thing. So we're really excited about it.
1: Yeah. So hopefully today, or maybe next week, we're not quite sure, we'll be on our NPRs, All Things Considered, which is... Quite a cool show.
0: Yeah, so if you get the National Public Radio, then you should definitely listen to it. Yeah, if
1: you're in the States, tune in and then ring up and tell them how much you love us. Yeah, and if you're not in the
0: States, you can probably get it on the internet anyway. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) you sure can. So, before we finish up, I want to play you this little clip. Uh, It's been sent in by Pat, who runs a site called Digital Vagabond, and um, they're giving away money to someone to travel around the USA, and that's Mint. Sounds like my kind of scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) So
3: here's Pat. My name is Pat. I'm the Digital Vagabond. I'm a big believer in travel. It's taught me some of the greatest lessons I've ever learned in life. That's why at DigitalVagabonding.com, we want to offer a scholarship that we call the Road Scholarship. We want to pay for some person to go out on the road this summer and travel North America and then write about it on the Digital Vagabonding site. So if you think you have the inclination to go out and live creatively and then write about it and put it on the Digital Vagabonding site. We want to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the logo that says scholarship and write a proposal, a far out proposal where you want to go, what you want to do. Make it something we'd all want to read about and then send it in. We'll pick a winner the first week of May and by June that winner will be out on the road with their trip culminating at Burning Man the first week of September. So we look forward to reading your proposal. Make it interesting. Make it far out. Make it something you want to live and we want to read about.
0: And before we sign off, we should probably mention WorldNomads.com's community development work. At WorldNomads.com, you can choose to support a Footprints community development project when you purchase your travel insurance online. WorldNomads.com.
1: Keep traveling safely. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool having uh, World Nomads as sponsors. Considering their, you know, products we use. Yes. Yeah. It's nice to have them on board. Yeah, we really do recommend them.
0: It's not just that, you know, we like them sponsoring us, but actually we really do like their product. Yeah.
1: So if you want, you can uh, come to our site, IndieTravelPodcast.com, and there's an insurance button up the top of the page. You can click that, read more about it, see some videos, and when the time comes to book your travel insurance, you can do it through that. Yep, we definitely recommend it.
0: Well, I think that's all we've really got to say this week.
1: Yeah, we're off to um, go bungee jumping with AJ Hackett tomorrow. We're gonna throw ourselves off the Nevis Suspension Bridge, which Yay. is just madness. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we've already jumped with AJ Hackett eh? up in Auckland. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Auckland was Harbour really Bridge. Really scary. And this one's even higher, and you're just suspended on a cable. There's like a pod in the middle of a cable yeah. over a canyon. You should see the look on Linda's face. I'm not
0: enjoying thinking <laughs> about this, especially after our conversation last night. Yeah, um, Dan was... the,
1: the dangers of adventure sports. Yeah,
0: <laughs> although admittedly, bungee jumping in New Zealand is a very
1: safe thing to do. Yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so if you are travelling around New Zealand or Australia, check out spaceships.tv and you'll be able to see the vehicle that we're we're driving around in. It's a really good idea. If you're looking to live in a vehicle or um, just hire a camper van, consider downsizing in price and in size it drives it's so easy like a car not like a motorhome which is awesome it's mint yeah so we're really enjoying that and we're going bungee jumping wine tasting and more wine tasting on our way up to the north island it's gonna be good well
0: that's all from us this week until next week travel well